This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, arrived in Washington for a meeting with President Joe Biden in the White House and to address Congress. The trip will mark the first time Mr. Zelensky has left his country since Russia invaded in February. American lawmakers are preparing to pass a $1.7 trillion spending bill that contains $45 billion in additional assistance to Ukraine and NATO. On Tuesday, Mr. Zelensky made a surprise visit to Bakhmut, a tiny town in eastern Ukraine that Russia has been attempting to seize for months. Donald Trump paid $1.1 million in federal income taxes during his first three years as president, and nothing in 2020, when he reported large losses from his businesses, according to a summary of six years of his tax returns. The disclosure follows a lengthy legal battle by Democratic lawmakers to unseal the financial records that Mr. Trump had shielded. The Supreme Court ruled in November that they could be released. Elon Musk said that he will step down as CEO of Twitter as soon as he finds someone foolish enough to take the job. He asked Twitter users if he should stay. Of the 17 million who responded, 57.5% said he should quit. Mr. Musk, who has managed the firm controversially since he bought it in October, said he will continue to run the company's engineering teams. Japan's two-year sovereign bond yields bobbed above zero on Wednesday, for the first time since 2015. The rise was prompted by a surprising decision on Tuesday by the country's dovish central bank to lift its cap on 10-year bond yields, which caused the yen to surge. The move heralds a tighter monetary policy in the world's third-largest economy, as well as the coming end of the global era of negative yields. China said it would limit its official tally of COVID-19 deaths to those who tested positive for the virus and died from respiratory failure. The definition is narrower than the previous standard, which included anyone who died after testing positive. As the virus spreads throughout the country, just five COVID fatalities were reported on Tuesday. The true number is likely to be far higher. Britain's ambulance workers went on strike on Wednesday, a day after nurses walked out. The health secretary, Steve Barclay, said ambulance unions had made a conscious choice to harm patients. Despite contingency plans, some emergency calls would go unanswered. In France, planned strikes by railroad workers have forced the cancellation of a third of high-speed train services over the Christmas weekend. Argentina's football team abandoned an opened-top bus when fans celebrating their World Cup victory threatened to overwhelm it. Some four million people turned out for the victory parade starting in Buenos Aires. La Selección took in the adulation from the safety of a helicopter. Revelry started on Sunday, when Lionel Messi's team beat France to take home Argentina's third cup, the first in 36 years. And fact of the day, 10%, the estimated reduction in income for being obese, according to research from America, Britain, Canada, 
and Denmark. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 2022 in review. The worldwide cost of living crisis. This week, we are looking back on 2022. Today, finance and economics. In 2021, following government splurges in response to the pandemic, many economists believed temporary inflation was inescapable. Few expected what unfolded. In 2022, inflation rates in many countries soared into double digits. Global inflation for 2022 is expected to be 8.8%, according to the IMF. In poor countries, the UN estimates that rising prices may have pushed 71 million people into poverty. Those in rich countries, such as Britain, also felt the squeeze. Big central banks, led by America's Federal Reserve, were forced into action, implementing the fastest and biggest interest rate increases since the 1980s. In recent weeks, inflation has decelerated, primarily because energy prices have fallen and supply chains are operating more smoothly. That will reduce the pace of central banks' interest rate rises, but they will still have to be vigilant. Tight labor markets, loose fiscal policy, and turbulent energy markets will continue to push prices higher. 2022 in Review A New Normal for Investors After the global financial crisis of 2007-9, as interest rates fell and stayed low, asset prices surged and a bull market in everything took hold. In 2022, rising interest rates and runaway inflation put a painful end to that. At its lowest point of the year, the S&P 500 index of leading American shares had lost more than $10 trillion in market value. Government bonds, usually a shelter from stocks, have also been hit. Meanwhile, house prices are falling everywhere from Vancouver to Sydney. This year's capital losses, however, have a silver lining. If the downside of higher asset prices was lower expected returns, then, by symmetry, future real returns have now gone up. Investors need to change their approach to markets. The new regime of higher interest rates and scarcer capital may seem like a shock, but for much of history, these were the normal conditions for investors. It was the era of cheap money that was weird. 2022 in Review The Unlikely Economic Winners It has been a rough year for almost everyone. Inflation has been rampant, markets have been in turmoil. Yet this poor aggregate performance hides wide differences. Some countries have done pretty well. The Economist has ranked 34 mostly rich countries on five economic and financial indicators, including GDP, inflation, and stock market performance. The ranking finds especially bright spots in the Mediterranean. Top of our list is Greece. Other countries that plumbed the economic depths in the early 2010s, such as Portugal and Spain, also score highly, thanks to the lifting of COVID lockdowns and a recovery in tourism. Two Baltic countries, Estonia and Latvia, which won plaudits in the 2010s for speedy reforms, 
but rely on Russia for energy come bottom. Still, the gap between 2022's winners and losers may not persist in 2023. Before long, growth in southern Europe, weighed down by rapidly aging populations and high debts, will surely fall back to less stellar levels. 2022 in Review The Collapse of Crypto It has been a terrible year for cryptocurrencies. In May, Terra Luna, a decentralized stablecoin system worth around $40 billion at its peak, collapsed, taking some $200 billion off the market capitalization of crypto with it. That led to the demise of other lending platforms and a hedge fund wiping out another $200 billion. Then came the biggest shock. In November, FTX, the third-largest crypto-trading platform at the time, filed for bankruptcy. The exchange is accused of lending customer funds to Alameda, a trading firm also owned by the once-fetted Sam Bankman-Fried, which allegedly then used the funds to make risky bets. The revelations sparked contagion, and other big crypto firms collapsed. As with previous crypto winters, there were existential questions about the utility of crypto. Many speculated that FTX's implosion could kill the entire market. That may be far-fetched. As bad a year as they have had, cryptocurrency's market capitalization is currently around $900 billion, still 50% more than the value five years ago. Daily Quiz our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Thursday which newspaper title is shared by the publications in Boston, Miami, and Albany, Georgia? Wednesday. Which female character is the focus of the Truman Capote novel, Breakfast at Tiffany's? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Samuel Beckett, who died on this day in 1989. Try again, fail again, fail better. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. <laughs>